In this episode of Content Minded, Michael Thomas of Sharon and Will Wheelwright, two very good friends of mine and very insightful men and commentators on this topic, join me to discuss the growing, burgeoning, Catholic back-to-the-land movement. We talk about the sacredness of the landscape, of what it means as a spiritual practice to cultivate the land, to nourish ourselves. We talk about ecology, various right-wing movements, and the potential disagreements that Catholics have with other groups, as well as the position of Catholicism towards the American heartland and the fabric of America itself, and what it means to express an ecological awareness within Catholic social teachings. This episode is one of my deepest and one of my best. And so thank you for joining us to discuss these important things. This episode has reaffirmed my statement that the pursuit of good content is in fact a spiritual mission. So please, oh, that's another thing. No fed. Yeah, try not to fed post it for you too. Or else I'm going to have a, a huge job editing out, you know, swear words. And yeah, it's a miracle that I get monetized. So I don't want to like risk it. Um, but we, I have on content minded two very important, exciting guests. Um, and we are here talking about the uh, Catholic back to the land movement. But I also want to talk about environmentalism and I, I guess inevitably the place of Catholicism in American life because I'm with two Americans and uh, I, I feel that that's always a, a worthy topic. So really quickly, because I, when I go into a rant mode, I always get, you know, I, I, I tend not to, I tend to ignore the introductions. So Michael Thomas of Sharon, please go first. Um, who are you? What do you do? Um, I was listening to some of your stuff. I was reading this very excellent review of your work and your movement in Tablet Magazine. Uh, so just briefly, really quickly for the audience. So, yes, who is Michael Thomas? Of Sharon? <laughs> um, well, I'm a father of five, a husband, Catholic. I live in upstate New York. Um, I've been kind of moving increasingly towards, uh, you know, full, uh, I, I don't like the word self-sufficiency, but, but I do like small scale homesteading and I've been doing it for about a decade now. Um, I also nice. make cider. Um, so I have like a cider orchard here. That's kind of, you know, like right on the cusp, but like between commercial and regular. And then, um, and then, uh, I'm glad that you guys read that tablet article. They, they did a pretty decent job, but I'm also part of a group of people who are trying to um, have a, a, a resurgence or a restoration of the Catholic land movement, mostly centered around the work of the English distributists um, from, you know, way, way back pre-war. So, um, so that's, yeah, that's like a, a brief synopsis of who I am. Excellent. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, because upstate New York is part of the fruit belt, right? Is if I recall. Oh yeah, um, we got yeah, we got yeah. lots of apples and yeah, all, all that stuff. Yep, yeah, you got it. Yeah, because here in the 
in the Niagara portion of the, the Ontario, Southern Ontario part of the fruit belt, that's a huge issue with uh, these uh, these rats from Toronto. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm not fat posting. <laughs> these people from Toronto that moved down and they're building uh, condos and they're destroying a lot of the primary farmland that can sustain fruit in in a more northern climate for land development and i feel really bad that my come from a concrete background construction background and uh unfortunately my old man helps contribute to a lot of those townhouses being built but uh, what, what are you gonna do right um but i do i do think that uh when it comes to the particular climate and the environment that we live in i mean it's 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 very unique uh, and it should be preserved. And I, I just really hate people moving here from Toronto. I hate to say, (laughs) you know, but, uh, (laughs) and then of course we have, um, my good friend, Will, who needs little introduction or no introduction, but please, my friend, uh, tell us about yourself. You are also a homesteader. You're also a writer, um, enervating bug men on Twitter for a few years now. (laughs) And, um, and, uh, so maybe a brief synopsis about who you are as well. Sure. Um, thanks for having, thanks for having us on Gio. And you were um, recently on Bronze Age Perverts Caribbean Rhythms. That's I, another I athlete, recently peaked so. in life, uh, but with my appearance on, uh, Caribbean Rhythms. Uh, so that's a very proud moment for me, but, um, uh, let's see, who am I? I am, uh, a farmer, homesteader, writer, thinker, a Catholic as well, uh, similar quite quite similar profile to to michael really we're 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 spiritual brothers um and uh, we have a, we we share we share a lot in terms of our outlook um and i'm sure we'll as i'm sure this the rest of this podcast will unveil um but yeah i think uh i don't know what else can i say i you know i i enjoy i enjoy growing things uh in general um uh you know, ra- raising livestock gardening orcharding growing mushrooms. Uh, I enjoy building things. I enjoy, um, you know, the, the act of creation. Uh, this is, uh, this is what inspires me. And, uh, and I guess, um, on, on the most broad level, uh, forms some part of my identity. So, uh, that's the yeah. best I can do. That's great. Um, well, according to George Bombia, you two shouldn't exist anymore, that we should all be uh, <laughs> having, um, we should be imbibing in uh, mass produced factory uh, slop mm-hmm. that will give us the proper amount of calories in a neoliberal uh, mass individual <laughs> dystopia. But I um, heard if I had enough social credits, I, I heard I could like eat the flesh of celebrities grown in PC. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know what's funny? The Cronenberg's son made that amazing film called uh, what was it called? Antiviral, um, where it was exactly that. You get to imbibe in the flesh of uh, celebrities, and I wonder mm-hmm. if, like, uh, as our good friend Zero HP Lovecraft says, I wonder if in the future we get to eat um, the the flesh of e girls. So that could be something. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> starting off great. Starting off great. Um, oh man, but let let's get into it. Um, so, for to begin with, I think maybe we shall talk about um, the the aspect of the particular history of Catholicism in relation to the back to the land movement, because back to the land, usually when people think of it, and as pointed out in the tablet magazine article is usually a hippie thing. It's something that the real hardcore die in the wool hippies, the ones that didn't sell out and become yuppies that they actually lived their principles and they 
you know, a lot of them were in, they were in upstate New York and a lot of them were in the sticks of California. Uh, a lot of them, you know, went around to these areas that could support these, you know, quasi commune esque farming. And I wonder what is the history of the back to land movement specifically when it comes to this Catholic element. And I maybe like if, if you shall, uh, if you don't, if you too feel comfortable, do you, are you two cradle Catholics or did you have a sort of a conversion story or did you come back to Catholicism? So what is your particular relations to Catholicism? Whoever wants to go first. I'll let Michael take that one to start off. Uh, um, all right. So a couple different parts of that question. I'm going to go with the me part first, which is I'm a cradle Catholic, um, big Italian family. Same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my mom's like Irish or Scandinavian something or other, but um, but my whole dad's side of the family is just big big Italian family and um, and so Catholic, you know, grandma praying rosaries and and um, and uh, you know that kind of thing. My parents kind of fell into the boom, the like, you know, the 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 the, the 60s materialism generation, mm-hmm. kind of like the the latent cultural like um uh oh thanks honey sorry my wife's putting dinner on the table right now hi Edie. very uh, trad yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so thank you jenny <laughs> um so where were we uh yeah so i grew up very catholic um with my grandma and stuff but my parents weren't like they completely abandoned it um it was mm. only was only like in form um it was like a cultural form so a lot of like the c and e's you know like like christmas yeah. Yeah. where we went to but outside of that there was no acceptance of like a larger catholic ontology or like uh you know we, we weren't like reading our catechisms but when i would go to grandma's house she was right so i had that element in my life um and then throughout my life for a, for a while, I drifted far from the faith. Um, I think it was kind of like always latently there with me, right? I, I, I would, yeah. as we talk more, I, I would say it's like latently everywhere um, hmm. you know, in, in, the, in, in Western, you know, but, um, but in the same kind of way, it was latent in me. And as I began to quiet myself down, eventually in my like, um, I did a lot of different things. Like I lived on, like reservations i i actually stayed with buddhists for a while i like was always kind of oh, wow. this, this wrestling with like um a spiritual existence um and aestheticism and and various kind of like pathways like that um and then in my like i finally got a farm in my early 30s and and then that kind of grew into where i'm in now and in that process of farming and coming into contact with what is primary on the landscape um i was granted this beautiful period of like being uh, able to just like read um uh we we had some financial victories and so i was just really liberated from like the push and shove of 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 a lot of social a lot of social pressures that that uh, people focus on and so i i just kind of was on my farm with my kids and I would read, you know, classics and I would farm all day in close, uh, you know, in close proximity to the soil with like, you know, human scale methods. And I'd be reading things and, and, and slowly my Catholic faith emerged in me. And I won't get into all the specifics, but over a couple of years it emerged and then it emerged incredibly strongly, like the ever 
you know, like a William knows the word for it. Uh, the, but like the, the hocus, I forget what it's called. It's like the, uh, the, the, uh, ever presence of like God, like witnessing God. Yogodose. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, uh, emerged in my life and it was like this undeniable thing and then since then uh it was been a road like we started to realize oh we got to go back to the sacraments so uh trying to search for that then discovered you know like we're looking to take refuge in the church and then discover like oh the church is even more of a mess than the secular world (laughs) yeah oh god and then so so then found our way to traditionalism and traditional catholicism over the past couple years um and uh and I've just basically been, uh, I have a fork. Thank you, love. Thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> um, that's my, that's my two-year-old Edith. Um, but, uh, go, go. don't come in though. I got to talk to people. Okay. Um, I love you. Uh, and so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my story. Uh, so now we're, we have a little parish community. Um, that's beautiful. We found a traditional mass close by. It's like, you know, 30 minutes away. And um, I found this beautiful kind of synergy in the Catholic land movement stuff, which really speaks to uh, the, the reappearance of the faith in my life. Um, and then, um, and yeah, and so that's, you know, that's, that's the me part of the question. That, that was my path to Catholicism. Like I said, I could go on and on and on about it. Um, but it was really oh, yeah. a, a witness and work with the soil um, that that was the first thing of being like, hey, they're like, you know, the presence of God, um, and, and just kind of really seeing that and then realizing throughout antiquity, there's been many men who have wrestled with this experience that I'm not the first and then further understanding the the Catholic perspectives on this and being like, Oh, I have this, I have this rich, rich history that for some reason has been abandoned or obscured, um, from Mm -hmm. me. And then, so I began to dig and dig and dig and then, yeah. literally and also spiritually did yeah i didn't even need to do that but yeah you got it (laughs) well uh uh, i was going to make a mud vein reference there for the song dig but that's amazing that's that's great i think that you you've summarized i think what um it maybe i think for probably generation x but also us millennials i'm about to turn 30 this year i think that the sort of relation to the faith that has to overcome in some ways the lack of education from our boomer parents who were seduced into a very cafeteria Catholic or almost a, I I, I hate to black pill, but I would say almost like a spiritually secular or atheistic relation to the faith that it's, I hate to say, unfortunately, as Italians, a lot of the uh, boomer generation was subject to this. And I think that your story is a great one. It's, it's a great illustration and uh, so, Will, if you have a, a personal story, I would love to hear it. And uh, then I want to address this specific um, notion of Catholicism in relation to the land itself and sort of dispelling certain uh, myths people have. So, Will, uh, <laughs> go, my friend, please. <laughs> um, I yeah. know it's very hard to top Michael there, but... You know, yeah, see, yeah. well, I, the only, the, my, only um, my only solace is that we have very similar stories I'm I'm, uh, you know, 10 or 10 or 15 years behind him. Um, but, uh, but in terms of how our faith has, has manifested itself, uh, itself to us as, as individuals, it's, it's quite, it's quite star, uh, startlingly similar actually. Um, and, uh, well, so for me, I'll tell you more, uh, you know, a little bit about my background. I, I was raised, uh, Anglo-Catholic, 
as the mm. Episcopalians once uh, referred to themselves. Um, so uh, liturgically had had quite a um, an orthodox um, experience. Actually, interesting. So as as people who um, know me and follow me on Twitter know, I'm I'm also a big fan of uh, of of the traditional mass and uh, and traditional Catholicism. Not just a big fan. I mean, I am. Uh, <laughs> I attend a traditional parish and, and go to the Latin mass uh, at least mm. once a week, every week. So, um, and, and, you know, interestingly for me, you know, having uh, during the beginning of my um, foray into, uh, into the Roman church, uh, gone to a Novus Ordo mass for a few months, I was like, and then, and then discovering that a traditional mass still existed and that you could go to it and uh, it's very beautiful and, and spiritually moving. Um, I was like, wait, this traditional mass is closer, is, is, is quite close to the Episcopal, Episcopalian, uh, you know, church service, as they call it, that I, uh, <laughs> that I grew up with. Um, uh, you know, a lot of those, a lot of the old traditional prayers, although the Episcopal church has, has gone woke and, you know, there's, you'll, you'll see pride flags flying, uh, from every steeple, uh, <laughs> this sort of thing. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's very much, um, a sort of, uh, I don't know, like waspy, uh, New England liberal. In the South, I think it's not so, quite so bad, but the Episcopal Church is definitely similar to the Church of England itself. Um, yeah, it's uh, similar embraced. to the Anglicans. Yeah, they have yeah. that liberalism inherent. Yeah, uh, right. And so, so you know, that's that's there. Um, and I, growing up my in my church, I was not aware of that political dynamic. I, you know, the the liturgy was was solemn and serious, and I appreciated that. And um, you know, the, we had Sunday school and I, 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 I think that what I tell people is, um, I was given a very solid kind of biblical literacy education as though the point of the point of having a kind of scriptural background or understanding, um, is, you know, just like one, one book among many, just, just like you need to know Shakespeare and Homer and Virgil, you, yeah. you need to know the Bible. And that's obviously uh, true. If you want to have any kind of uh, literary, um, uh, if you want to understand what you're reading, uh, if, if you're reading anything important. Um, but in terms of the coherence between, ha like, what what does uh, the gospel have to do with uh, Genesis? What do Christ and uh, Our Lady have to do with Adam and Eve? And um, and and then just I think in retrospect, a lot of revisionism about uh, you know in order to accommodate left wing politic political stuff. Uh, a lot of revisionism in the interpretation of of the New Testament um, uh, that that is just that's just quite <laughs> quite cynical, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's what I was raised in, and uh, you know, we were uh, interestingly, um, I think, somewhat uniquely. I've, I've come to realize my father was the the religious one in in between my parents, and he's the one who, um, in, you know, insisted that we go to church uh, every week, and we did, and. My mom, uh, you know, I think most of the time, the, the, it, if, if spirituality remains in a family, it remains um, through the, you know, it, it through the, <laughs> the repository tends to be the, the, the women, um, you know, um, yeah. for, for, for spiritual life. And, and I think that's certainly, you know, Bap talks about this, uh, and that's, that's been true um, for, for probably centuries now. Um, but in my family, that wasn't the case, uh, interestingly enough. And I think, um, that's that's a significant factor in why I have faith at all because none of my siblings are Christian or really, as far as I can tell, religious in any way. Um, 
and um, I, I've gone the opposite direction and become, <laughs> you know, gone deeper into what what it means to be Christian um, and 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 Catholic um, and and just I think so to continue the story I think I just you know similar to Michael uh, in my uh, late teens and early twenties uh, as a lot of people seem to do drifted away from from the faith but always had. Um, as Michael was saying, a strong sense of um, the presence of the presence of God and specifically of, of Christ. And actually specifically, even though I wasn't raised Catholic of um, Our Lady um, in my life, I, I just had a deep sense of um, not like that they were necessarily watching over me or, or, or something like that, but just that they were there and they mattered and uh, there was something really powerful about them. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I... And so, and as I, after I finished college and came back to my family's farm and started working here, um, very similar to Michael, I um, just, I was talking about this on with, uh, with BAP, um, that, you know, I sort of thought in a secular way that in order to, to do what needed to be done in order to kind of restore this farm and, and make it um, a proper functional farm again, which it hadn't been for some years, that you know, kind of earthly sources of motivation would would suffice, um, but that very quickly, you know, became apparent that they would not. The reality of um, work gave way to that notion. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I sort of, um, I sort of sat there asking myself, especially in moments of kind of deep uh, frustration and struggle with um, the in- enormous load of um, of work, you know, mountain of, of work that lay ahead of me. How am I going to do all this? And uh, I just became aware of the need, my need for a deeper spiritual um, source of source of uh, vitality and energy. And uh, I searched for many years and have ended up like truly and honestly finding it in in the Latin Mass and in you know traditional Catholic uh, doctrine and and theology. And um, actually, this this is a I, I would like to read quickly. Um, uh, oh yeah, from, go ahead. I, uh, just a, like a quick passage from uh, the brothers, uh, brothers Karamazov. Um, Are you reading is, now? I'm reading now. Yes, uh, but, <laughs> but this is this will resonate deeply and will uh, will will enrich the the rest of the conversation. Okay, this is from uh, the uh, Elder Zosima part of the book. For those who know it, in my youth, I'm reading now. In my youth, long ago, nearly forty years ago, I traveled all over Russia with Father Anfim collecting funds for our monastery. And we stayed one night on the bank of a great navigable river with some fishermen. A good-looking peasant lad, about 18, joined us. He had to hurry back next morning to pull a merchant's barge along the bank. I noticed him looking straight before him with clear and tender eyes. It was a bright, warm, still July night. A cool mist rose from the broad river. We could hear the plash of a fish. The birds were still. All was hushed and beautiful, everything praying to God. Only we two were not sleeping, the lad and I, and we talked of the beauty of this world of gods and of the great mystery of it. Every blade of grass, every insect, ant, and golden bee also marvelously know their path, though they have not intelligence. They bear witness to the mystery of God and continually accomplish it themselves. I saw the dear lad's heart was moved. He told me that he loved the forest and the forest birds. He was a bird catcher, knew the note of each of them, could call each bird. I know nothing better than to be in the forest, said he. 
though all things are good. Truly, I answered him, all things are good and fair, because all is truth. Look, said I, at the horse, that great beast that is so near to man, or the lowly pensive ox, which feeds him and works for him. Look at their faces. What meekness, what devotion to man, who often beats them mercilessly. What gentleness, what confidence, and what beauty. It's touching to know that there's no sin in them, for all, all except man, is sinless, and Christ has been with them before us. Why, asked the boy, is Christ with them too? It cannot but be so, said I, since the word is for all, all creation and all creatures. Every leaf is striving to the word, singing glory to God, weeping to Christ, unconsciously accomplishing this by the mystery of their sinless life. Yonder, said I, in the forest wanders the dreadful bear, fierce and menacing, and yet innocent in it. And I told him how once a, how once a bear came to a great saint, who had taken refuge in a tiny cell in the wood. And the great saint pitied him, went up to him without fear, and gave him a piece of bread. Go along, said he. Christ be with you. And the savage beast walked away meekly and obediently, doing no harm. And the lad was delighted that the bear had walked away without hurting the saint, and that Christ was with him too. Ah, said he, how good that is, how good and beautiful is all God's work. He sat musing softly and sweetly. I saw he understood. And he slept beside me a light and sinless sleep. May God bless youth. And I prayed for him as I went to sleep. Lord, send peace and light to thy people. So this is a, uh, I'm done reading. This is um, a passage that I recently came across as I've been rereading uh, this Dostoevsky. And uh, I found it extremely moving and it resonated with me deeply. I hope wow. that, that explains can in, you know, in better words than I could put it, this, uh, this connection to the land that I'm sure we'll continue to attempt to identify and, uh, and, uh, what would you say? Um, you explore, know, explore. Yes. Yes. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I think that it, it really sets up, I think what the first thing I wanted to talk about, um, the relation to the land, but specifically the Catholic faith in relation to the land. Um, you know, me being an artist, uh, doing a lot of landscape painting, especially years ago. Um, I, I do feel, this connection to it, you know, gardening myself as well, but you know, not nearly the same degree as you two, obviously. But I feel like there is this pervasive um, notion that within Christianity in general, but specifically Catholicism, um, when you talk about man's dominion over the earth, that that passage in that that you just read from Dostoevsky about, you know, they were Christ was with them before us was with the earth, was with the, the sort of creatures that walk the earth. Mm -hmm. But the notion that I notice, it seems to be almost like universal in terms of it being applicable to the left and right. Because like the leftoid, like environmentalist people, they have their own like critique of Christianity. And of course it stems from, I wouldn't say a lot of them. I wouldn't say a lot of deep ecologists that are like this, but I'm talking specifically of the like, you know, neoliberal uh, extinction rebellion, uh, you know, bugocracy people that it stems from antinatalism, more or less. Then there is, I think, the right wing critique, mm -hmm. which comes from neopaganism, which I know that, Will, you're acquainted with, which is that uh, Christianity not only subdued the peoples of the earth and, you know, brought them out of disunity with the land and derooted them and, you know, Christianity was the quote unquote first cosmopolitan act and that it really uh, disregards the earth. And of course that's the Nietzschean critique 
that Christianity mm-hmm. and Catholicism uh, disregards life. And, it, you know, it's very much it's essentially interpreting Christianity as a, another form of Neoplatonism or Gnosticism, where the earth is irrelevant. The earth is actually evil. It is transcendence that only matters. So I guess uh, if you wanted to go or, well, Michael, I mean, both of you, actually, this is an open question. Uh, what do you think of that assessment that in, you know, Christianity actually disregards the concerns over the earth itself and that it's very neglectful or that by having more children that you are somehow evil and that, you know, it, but it is funny that even Ted Kaczynski said that, um, you know, perhaps people who are aware should be having more children rather than people who are consciously trying to destroy the earth. So I, I wonder, like, what do you what do you two think of this, uh, this myth or this notion that people have of Catholicism and Christianity when it comes to environmentalism? I think the uh, the passage that uh, William just read you know, speaks to it beautifully in the idea uh, creation you know, a singing glory of God and that, um, you know, we're, we're part of that, of that song of, of, of being and that song of creation. Like we have harmony, uh, in that. I think, I think that passage continues to go on or that, or that dialogue continues to go on. It might be another Dostoevsky, but he, um, he begs forgiveness from all the animals, from the birds particularly, and talks about how all of the world is connected like a great dark ocean. I'm not going to get the words right because it's not in front of me. But, um, and that movement on one side affects movement on the other. And that by like prostrating himself in front of the, the bird, even the smallest of creatures affects like great unseen oceans on the other side of the world. Um, and that, uh, and, and so this idea that there's a course of creation and that kind of all things are related um, through the harmony in which they sing the glory of God um, is just a beautiful notion and a very, very Catholic one. Um, mm-hmm. I could talk about, uh, so there's something I always like to bring up when we have this discussion about like what, you know, the, the Catholic dominion and everything else, right? So the Old Testament, right? It moves across the altar, right? So it is reconciled by Christ. And you have to ask yourself, like, uh, and William, you talked about, and you, you talked a little bit about that in the first things of what you're saying, right? So Christ comes and, like, reconciles, right, as the new Adam, like, all the problems. And what does Christ sacramentally put at the center, right? What, what he, he puts his ever-renewing body at an act of communion at the center mm-hmm. of Catholicism. And so I think that you can't do that, right? Why wasn't it, you know, there's, there's reason there for us to really contemplate and think deeply about why communion is at the center, you know, why this act of communion could have been, Christ could have picked a lot of different things, right? Um, Right. It could have been a dance, you know, it could have been, there could have been a lot of metaphor uh, uh, and and not, you know, uh, what is a parable, uh, not metaphor, a parable in the, in the, he could have picked some, a loaf of bread. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, the conquest for bread. Yeah, right. um, and so but- uh, th- that that act of communion at the center of it all um, informs uh, a deep kind of thinking about like what communion is, and if we think practically, so it is take it apart on the practical level of relationship, uh, you know, and I mean real tangible how we relate to things. Right, communion happens at consumption 
function, right? We eat things and we commune with them and they become us and we excrete them back in the landscape. And then there's this kind of mysterious uh, session and then things come back into us. And so he picks yeah. that process uh, to, to teach and to put uh, uh, humanity at the center of. And I think it has a lot to instruct, right? That That's, that's like farming and eating, you know? Yeah. That's, like, yeah. that's like what he's putting at the center. He's like, this reconciles, you know, the, the, my sacrifice at the cross and, and, and the, 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 the supper and your ability to come to that sacrifice at the cross and partake in my body reconciles the sins of Adam. I think there's, there's something very, very profound in that. And I believe um, that it speaks very, you know, very much to type of prime, uh, primary and closeness with an, and thoughtfulness and stewardship of all the things that are related to our practical pattern of communion. Um, again, mm -hmm. that comes down to farming, right? Um, uh, right. He's got bread and wine. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. In the, in the, in, yeah, in the new Testament's latent with farming metaphors. I mean, even the lamb of Christ, um, the lamb is that which conquers the lion at, you know, Oh, revelation the hundredth sheep the pair you know um the the, the drowning the, of pigs <laughs> virtually every virtually every parable is agriculturally rooted uh, uh, no pun intended uh, it's either wheat uh vine you know grapes or uh, or uh shepherding um there's very few uh none come to mind honestly of uh, uh, christ uh at least his his teachings that are that are in parable form that aren't um, that that don't appeal to the people's knowledge of of agriculture in one form or another. And uh, sorry, if I may, uh, so, I don't know. Were you finished, Michael? I can. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, you, you take it away. Um, I was just going to say, you know, uh, this may be an interesting observation um, for you guys as cradle Catholics, from someone kind of having having seen Catholicism from the outside growing up and eventually uh, sought and desired to join it, but. You know, I think in America, and Gio, you wanted to talk about Catholicism in America. Yeah. I think in America, um, at least from the outside, the, you know, Catholicism is essentially, uh, and maybe this is especially true in the post-Vatican II world, um, but it, Catholicism is essentially viewed, or at least how I viewed it growing up, was as a, a sort of cultural affectation of the Irish and the Italian immigrants. Who yeah. Are almost, <laughs> yeah. Who are almost yeah. all urban. And so obviously, you know, you see, like, to me, seeing my view of Catholicism from the outside growing up was that it almost is like a, actually, this is quite funny. I, um, uh, to illustrate this point, I, I was at a farmer's market uh, uh, a year or two ago, and um, the woman running the farmer's market, it was, uh, I, I, um, I cringe to admit, I was, uh, I was, it was on a Sunday, so I was uh, selling, selling, uh, you know, transacting on the Sabbath, but um, the, the, uh, <laughs> The woman, I, 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 sorry, I'm braiding a whip slowly. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, please, uh, no. But the woman, the woman who, um, you know, I was, I would go to church early in the morning, like seven a.m. mass, and then, you know, have everything loaded up, and and then go to, uh, go to this farmer's market, and uh, you know, show up like in relatively nice clothes. And so the woman running the market was like, oh, you know, um, do you go to church before this? And I said yes, and she says. And she says, oh, what kind of church do you go to? I said, Catholic. And she says, oh, you're Catholic? Well, I'm Christian. You know, as oh. though. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like that, that I think she was like some sort of evangelical. But um, 
uh, you know, uh, that like that is a real perspective that, you know, like this Catholicism is uh, popery. You know, it doesn't it's not even it's not about papists, yeah. yeah, papists. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's and, you know, there's this weird thing with the pope and, uh, you know, that's their thing. And uh, I guess they say they're Christians, but like what, you know, uh, that's that's kind of the view. And uh, sorry to, to bring back to what I was going to say is that the Italian and, and the Irish, uh, who, who basically brought Catholicism uh, to this country, um, are, are almost universally and still in large part are uh, urban people. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, city, and certainly certainly for the, the first, uh, you know, handful of decades of, of their, um, their presence here. Um, and so, you know, it's very easy. Another another association that inevitably happens is an association of Catholicism with the with the urban space and with um, the concrete jungle and you know with like Boston and New York and not with uh, nature and you and especially because you know if you drive through like farmland, um, you know there's there's uh, there are like billboards with you know like in Indiana with like very evangelical type. Um, you know, like just like black and white, like Jesus saves, like uh, yeah, very southern yeah. gothic too yeah. as well. Yeah, and so that's obviously you know it's not a, a it's it's a it's a Christian method it's a Christian message, but it's not it's not aesthetically Catholic, uh, and and you can and so it's, the, the it's rural... of the yeoman farmer ideal that was already present in America with the Anglo wasp and also Dutch Germanic right. immigrants. Right. Yes, yeah. 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 so so I think I think in America, you know. Um, urban areas. And now as, as you get, you know, this is changing now because a lot of South American immigrants aren't even Catholic. They're like evangelicals or Mormons or something, but. Or uh, Sam Huerta. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, So, but, but, you know, previous um, waves of South, South and Central American immigrants coming into cities also. uh, Basically the point I'm making is that I think uh, particularly from outside the church, um, it's it's easy to see Catholicism as as kind of an urban phenomenon in America, yeah. and and to see you know to the extent that Christianity, well, obviously not to the extent, but uh, you know Christianity in rural areas is is almost exclusively evangelical, um, and so ha- to have a Catholic land movement, um, you know, and, and they 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 are kind of they reject Catholicism for their for for other reasons, uh, and so so to have a to have a Catholic land movement. Um, it becomes challenging in this context, you know, but yes. that, that doesn't mean that, you know, um, that there's not an extremely rich and extremely sensical, uh, tradition of, of Catholic, uh, Catholic, th- you know, rural and nature-based Catholic thought and, and livelihoods and, um, and, you know, uh, tradition. So, um, yeah. yeah. And you would say that it was bound up, I think in America with these sort of wasps, you know, either the Anglo, well, I mean, they've, the, the eternal Anglo has their own history with the Irish, but let's say the Anglo-Germanic element of America, the founding stock of America proper, that this was bound up with sort of the anxieties around the largely port city, urban, largely Catholic slash, you know, you know, papist, Irish first, then Italian immigrants, Mm -hmm. that this was due to the anxieties around the, changing amalgamation of the european admixtures in america that this is probably i think contributed to a lot of the anti-catholic catholic thought that was going on and we all seen the hilarious um Mm -hmm. propaganda posters of the time of uh 
you know, the Pope uh, influencing America. And, uh, <laughs> no, no blacks, yeah. no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. At the time, the uh, Irish were considered part of like that lower class. Um, like I remember the signs that said Irish need not apply for like jobs right. programs. Yeah, yeah. Right. And what was that? Didn't Trump get in trouble for uh, calling something a paddy wagon or something? Like that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I think, yeah. Oh boy. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, the movie, the movie Gangs of New York uh, is a great uh, exposition uh, on, yeah. on, you know, the early Irish, um, in, you know, potato famines during the civil war influx as, as, uh, as, as red pilled frogs uh, enjoyed pointing out, you know, the union army was like 75% uh, Irish born, uh, non non native stock Americans, um, and uh, you know. It's, oh, yeah, very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was seventy five percent, but it was it was a lot. Uh, <laughs> like you know, um, what's the uh, the line from the song is like? Uh, but when we got to Yankee Land, they shoved a gun into our hand, saying, "Patty, you must go and fight for Lincoln." Um, it's something <laughs> like that, and uh, so you know, this is just like a yeah, it's a it's something that you don't. It's a it's a bit of a aspect of American history that you don't realize uh, getting kind of a normie uh, public school well, education, but yeah. And I think that probably highlights the sort of tensions around, you know, I mean, well, well, you know, like on the right wing uh, on the E right, as I like to call it, the tensions between people who are Southerners who are Protestants or who are of, um, how can I say this without YouTube? Um, politics of <laughs> a particular uh, identitarian variety, how they have this um, anxiety or this sort of critique of uh, the way that trad Catholicism has been sold into like the body of right wing politics. Um, mm -hmm. Like, you know, the sort of integralist right. uh, that fed cast, but also, I mean, like <laughs> America first integralist. like what do you like? And I guess Michael as well. I mean, because you're a family man as well. And I want to get to the antinatalist aspect of certain forms of environmentalism. But what do you think of like Catholic identity, like being an American? Catholicism always had, I think, I was talking about this with, with Zante, Eidetic Jesus, where, you know, Catholicism always had this tension in America. But in some ways over time, it seems that when it comes to American life, Catholicism takes up this like other role in America, this other, not founding stock, mind you, of course not, but this sort of other strain of Americana that refuses to be ignored. And it seems now mm -hmm. that the composition of the religious right is largely Catholic and Orthodox. I mean, there is Protestants and there's a lot of like, you know, pagans. Um, that's always a sticky issue. But when it comes to religion, like explicitly traditionalist politics in America now, it seems that the Catholics and the Orthodox people are taking over. So... I mean, two, so two things from, from, from all that, uh, that we were just talking about was one about the urban Catholics. Um, it's really, really interesting that the, uh, you know, Leo the 13th encyclical, um, and his, uh, stance, uh, against, um, communism that was emerging, uh, you know, on the other side of the world, um, yeah takes takes root in europe and in a lot of ways becomes a, a, a back to the land movement and that's what that's what the uh you know the the english and the irish um catholic response to that to that threat of industrialism and and urban um you know uh, urbanization of the poor um that's what the catholic land movement was about it was a you know uh, back in europe and in, and in america 
that critique um, and, and the, the action that came from those encyclicals, uh, Leo the Thirteenth encyclicals, the, the, the it's the Catholic workers, right? Yeah. So yeah. The Catholic land movement doesn't appear; it becomes the Catholic workers movement. So you get the Catholic workers. Um, which are very, very different, you know. It's a, so uh, just to play on that, that even the the kind of like action performance um, that that uh, that the, that that came from America in refuting, um, it, you know, uh, the the tenets of industrialism and liberalism and uh, and and the things that gave rise to the on, on the other side of the pond, the the, the Catholic land movement mm-hmm. here became the Catholic worker movement, which was like uh, all about immigrant rights, um, you know, uh, 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 workers. I'm a worker, man. I'm a union, a uh, pipe fizz union, 4260. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's, just, it's just interesting how you <laughs> in the action there, it, it, uh, you know, that's, 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 that's what appeared. And then um, uh, the, the second thing about the, the bigger question about like, how does uh, Catholicism fit into the American experience? Um, is is you know one of the things that drove me back to Catholicism in understanding it is that as I came into like you know I'll admit that in my like you know uh, teenage years and twenties like I said I drifted a lot of my political wanderings could be could be you know it was like deep ecology and environmentalism and mm-hmm. anti globalization movement. There's this brilliant essay by. Um, by Kings North, if you're familiar with him. Yes, yeah, yeah. He was on Al- my friend Alex Kashuda's uh, show recently. But he's yeah, a great yeah. writer. He's a brilliant writer. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, but but he he talks very specifically about the 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 uh, the traveling of the anti globalization movement from mm-hmm. left wing yes. to right wing over the past you know two decades, and I do that. You know, so so my story is one that kind of follows that trajectory. So put me man, you the- really are core Gen X. Yeah, 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 yeah. Were you in Seattle in '99? Were you? No, I can't talk about that. Oh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, damn! Oh, see, this is such a relic. I love this stuff because I, I, that, I, I, yeah. I remember when 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 it was called Black Block and not Antifa. Let's just put it like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh so, man, so, yeah, that's they totally, amazing. They totally sigh up that whole thing. Um, but but yeah, in any event, and those guys were like reading Kaczynski and like you know Green Anarchy and all that stuff. Anyway, whatever. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna. Try, well, try. well, Derek Jensen's one of my favorites. He's been viciously canceled by totally. well, a certain sector of <laughs> the left. Language, language older than words. I was totally reading that. Like you know. Oh for, man! Years ago. Um, this but, is amazing. I love this stuff, man. <laughs> I love how excited you get about it, man. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah, like that's an old, but that's great. Like that's when, like a faction of Gen X, like they had that sort of instantiation of meaning. Like it was an act of politics. It was the sort of you know, when ad busters and vice magazine were cool, like right. that, you know, the stuff that later like millennial laws, such as myself and, and will, like we sort of only got the back end of that with like occupy wall street. And, you know, I mean, the tea party had died out, but like, that's, it was only till I think really, I would say, you know, the ground zero of the internet gamer game. And then of course, 2016, where now you have this sort of, this code switching where now it's like the E right that takes over and becomes like, has the same cool factor. Cause you know, I mean, what happened to left politics at this time, I think is incredibly crucial to understand the way in which we are living through the current political situation, the way in which they buried the anti-globalization movement and to a large extent, mm-hmm. these sort of 
deep ecology environmental movement that was you know mm -hmm. popular at this time right. and uh, and and will like will you you have some um knowledge of this as well uh i know we're diverging from the catholic thing but this is just a fascinating topic i really mm -hmm. you know well, I, like, I, I, yeah yeah go ahead michael yeah. runs into the catholic thing because um, you know, the, all of those movements still had at their base, right? They were swept up, though, those are, you know, when anti-globalization was like part of like an indigenous rights movement or part of like yes, uh, yes. A, a broader, uh, uh, you know, union movement or, you know, these the, the things is kind of classically associated with the left wing. But then you have this disillusionment that happens in all of those movements. And what, uh, you know... Uh, intellectually many participants in those movements begin to actually get uh, to a deeper core of criticism which actually confronts like liberalism yes know? yes yes and, yes and in the confrontation of liberalism well how far do you have to go in in catholic social teaching <laughs> catholics have been saying wait, wait. forever you know let me yeah. uh, this i i've been waiting to uh, to jump in this is the perfect opportunity because i'm I've got on my on my phone here. Uh, I just want to read. Uh, sorry, I, I do have uh, original thoughts, but I want to read the the opening bit from the uh, Americanism parenthesis heresy uh, yeah. and parenthesis uh, Wikipedia page. Yes. Americanism was in the years around 1900 a political and religious outlook attributed to some American Catholics and denounced as heresies by the Holy See. In the 1890s. European continental conservative clerics detected signs of modernism or classical liberalism, which Pope Pius IX had condemned in the Syllabus of Errors in 1864, among the beliefs and teachings of many members of the American Catholic hierarchy who denied the charges. Pope Leo XIII uh, wrote against these ideas in, le in a letter to Cardinal James Gibbons, published as Testem Bene uh, Benevolentiae Nostre. The Pope lamented for America where church and state lamented for America, where church and state are, quote, dissevered and divorced, and wrote of his preference for a closer relationship between the Catholic Church and the state along European lines. The long-term result was that the Irish Catholics, who largely controlled the Catholic Church in the United States, increasingly demonstrated total loyalty to the Pope and suppressed traces of liberal thought in the Catholic colleges. At bottom, the conflict was cultural, as the continental conservative Europeans Angered at the heavy attacks on the Catholic Church in Germany, France, and other countries, moved to stamp out the individualist attitude in America. Um, sorry, I just I wanted to contribute. Whoa, People right. don't realize that, yeah, uh, like the Church, uh, Americanism is a is a Catholic heresy. Okay, so you know, Bap has a famous post that says uh, like America is a is an Anglo and Protestant country, and like fundamentally, and you know, if you don't like that, then like, get, get over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that's well, that's true. I Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, here. So here, here's my like throwback to like what does the Catholic experience uh, do with America? Like uh, America has been able to play out its, uh, its error to where we get now. Right now, here's the fruit of like you know rampant uh, individualism and 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 rampant liberalism and moral relativism, you know, and the and the whatever. And oh, oh look, it is a slippery slope after all isn't it fellas and so <laughs> and so we, we get the catholic right there at, at, at the bottom of that slippery slope catching everyone before they descend into absolute and total hell and so we so so there so there we are right keeping that perennial truth as catholics being like we mm -hmm. told you 
we told y'all, you know, like just I just see like Pius the Tenth just like staring with his with his, you know, pursed smile or Lefebvre or one of the other ones just being like, <laughs> we, we The Holy you. Bishop Lefebvre who did nothing wrong by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, a great man, a saint uh, will be will be a saint. Uh, he's a saint. Whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so but but, but you know the the point uh, I think I said this maybe it was Lafayette. I said this to somebody recently who who said that to me, you know, America's a, it wasn't him who said it, but maybe it was in one of his threads or something. Somebody just randomly said like, get over it. Like America's like a Protestant, you know, liberal experiment. And that's what it is, you know, and that reduces America to America, the idea. And right, um, right. America, the idea is literally being proven as, as, as a failure right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes, yeah. And so where, where do you, what do you find refuge in? You find refuge in, in, the, in the classical patterns of conservatism. You, you find refuge, uh, the conservative, the true conservative that hasn't like flipped on the libertarian switch. Um, the true conservative finds refuge in reactionaryism, um, it, you know, in, and, and all of those bodies of thought have been held by Catholics, you know. And yes. so Catholics, uh, what, 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 what's America? <laughs> America's happening, and this is this is my super hot take. Amer- the whole story of America is about healing the Protestant error. Whoa, that, <laughs> that's going to ring some ears. When this yeah, people are going to get pissed about that, but that's the truth. That's really what I believe is that the whole story of America is like an expose of like, and and here here you got it. It's like it's like giving a kid permission to do something when you know they're going to get it by doing it but it's just like oh they got to experience it well here you go kids you got it you know um but but at the same time i think that both of you are americans like me i have a very like i'm just gonna be honest i know like people who are listeners of mine who are canadian who come from founding either like anglophone or francophone stock they get very upset at this at my black pilling over canada but the reality is is like you know my mother came here in the seventies, right? Like I'm technically the son of an Ellis Islander. Like I don't have that same reverence. I mean, my father does my father who, you know, him being a son of an immigrant, but still like he has this weird, um, what what do you call it? Um, Anglophilia or like he's an Anglophile. Like he loves like the tradition of England and Canada and so forth. Cause he grew up in a different time, right? Like when it was still viable before, the, the full machination of uh, Trudeau senior really took hold, but mm-hmm. I, I don't have that same reverence and I struggle with it, but you two both as Catholics, how do you reconcile the fact that a America is a Protestant nation, whether it's full coming into being as a Protestant nation finds itself within this very like rootless disenchantment and secularism and sort of the, the evils that we're seeing playing out now how do you reconcile that as a catholic but also as catholics that want to be integral to the very land the very soil i mean and listen i'm not dog whistling about uh, soil i'm not no dog, we're liberal we're liberal <laughs> but no dog whistles here um but how do you reconcile like being americans and working within the soil of america and i do want to get to more practical issues later on about ecology but um, and I do want to revisit this sort of anti-globalization thing. But how do you reconcile that, like the the knowledge that yes, America within its very fabric is a Protestant nation, is a product of a experiment in in you know enlightened thinking, if you will. Well, for me, um, 
I think, you know, uh, like that, the, the sort of, uh, the, the giga Chad in, you know, um, like pro- a Puritan black top hat. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that, yeah. That one. Uh, like my response to that is that is twofold. A it's that that's true of the American North, which was founded by Puritans who were the Antifa of their day. They were iconoclasts and they hated beauty and they hated order. And oh they, my God, that's gonna uh, that's gonna uh, piss off a lot of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just the truth. Uh, you can, you know, it's just gotta um, do its work. Yeah. Um, oh so, man. So uh, and and I do not you know, endorse kicked, kicked you out, fully, but maybe I do. Um, <laughs> they were kicked out of kicked out of England because uh, they drove everybody nuts, um, and uh, and then they came to Massachusetts. But in the South, um, you know, I'm not a Southerner, but uh, you know. The, the you know it, it, a different a different you know an Anglo-Catholic uh, thing was going on. I was actually at a, uh, a you know an Episcopalian wedding uh, recently, and I was struck by how uh, basically you know it was far more based and and traditionally oriented than um, say your average Northern Novus, Novus Ordo. But um, yeah. Anyway, um, like the point is that uh, Ang- England. Um, Every, most of what we have that, that we like about England or that makes us Anglophiles it comes from the fact that uh, it was and then tried to become again a Catholic country. Um, and, it, it, you know, it had a, it had a, and even into, think, think about, you know, a guy like T.S. Eliot, who was an Amer- born in America, uh, raised, raised as a mm-hmm. Unitarian kind of fake, uh, you know, weird Protestant derivation. <laughs> and he, you know, was extremely based, uh, he, what his famous line is that he's a uh, in in art he's a classicist in uh, politics he's a monarchist and in religion he's uh, he says he's an Anglo-Catholic. But the point is just that um, you know the English. And he flirted the, with some other based uh, political. Yes, yes, but, yes. And <laughs> his friend Ezra Pound did more did more than flirt. Uh, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. his editor. Uh, <laughs> but um, the point is just that you know at when and and he he uh, eventually converted to. Um, Anglicanism. Uh, and for a guy like that, who, uh, you know, was, who had those views that at that time to think that the, that church, which is what it is now, uh, was satisfactory to him is kind of, you know, it puts things in perspective in terms of, um, in terms of this question of like what, you know, the, the influence of, of Anglo religion on, on modern America. And, um, and, the other thing to say is simply uh, there was something else I was going to say about Elliot, but I'll, I'll, I'll have to come back to it. But the other thing I was going to say is just that, um, you know, uh, all, all forms of Christianity other than Catholicism itself are derivative of Catholicism. Um, and, and they all start off as, you know, Lutheranism uh, and, and Orthodoxy start off as uh, start off acknowledging this, that, you know, um, the that that uh, the Bishop of Rome is 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 Peter and uh and you know that, uh, that uh, Christ said to Peter, um, you know, uh, on this rock I'll build my church. And, and yeah, well, the Orthodox that, they would heavily, heavily disagree with that. But you, well, they would now. Favorite. But I'm just saying, at the time of yeah, the schism, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. this was acknowledged, and they didn't think that they were going to create a whole new church. And then that that just that that fissure uh, widens over time. And same thing with with Luther. Um, uh, and uh, but you know. Um, and now, obviously, hundred uh, centuries and centuries later, we we have we have uh, we have in some cases completely separate uh, quote unquote churches. But um, uh, like the point is just that 
to me and, and a big a big reason uh, that I sort of you know ended up tracing tracing my roots back to Catholicism is just you know uh, all of these all of these other you, you want you want your faith to come from the source you know um, right, and right. and if um, if if what you're if if the faith that you're practicing is a derivative of something else it's you know then then wouldn't you want to to sort of uh um you know trace it back and 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 get get back to the the original thing isn't you know don't you want the that that sort of and 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 you know that sort of thinking was significant for me personally but it's true also of um you know america i think we can you know we all agree that america was was founded as a christian country it was founded right. by christians uh different different well actually different it wasn't really <laughs> but no, they, <laughs> yeah by all uh, by all practical means it yes it was i mean the the well actually it was a secular nation is like frankly that's crap but yeah. yeah and so and so the point just being um you know uh that that will always be true and um perhaps america itself uh can can uh trace can trace trace its spiritual roots back the same way that uh, so many of us have done. Yeah, there's also, you, you kind of touched on it briefly, that, you know, the, the, the story of, of the America, the contemporary America, right? The, the story of America has been rewritten many, yes, many, yes. many times. Yes, yes. The mythology, uh, the, the, the mythological underpinnings, right? Any, any nation, no matter what, right, it needs these mythological kind of foundations. And that, that mythology has been rewritten several times. You know, there's this wonderful book on the Royalists' Revolution. Um, it's written by some guy, Harvard fella, but um, really under, it goes back and looks at the American Revolution and how many of the patriots actually, within the context of the English Civil War, would have seen themselves as loyal to the crown. Mm -hmm. um, that they were resisting the unjust tax burden of like an out of control legislature, you know that that that, that the English that the English Parliament was completely out of control and usurped the power of the crown, um, you know that it, it kind of it just just kind of and that you know went crazy and then needed these lords and whatever else needed to fund their war and overburdened the American colony. With so it was really the secular authority rather than the mythologized notion of like, you know, America was railing specifically against King George. It was rather the secular parliamentarian authority. One, that was 100%. Yep. Wow. Yep. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a, it's a great, it's a great book, but it's worth, it's worth the read. Um, this was like common knowledge back then. And they even talk about how it was in this book. There's, I forget what one of the signers, you know, talks about how this is going to get lost, that this is what most people we're fighting about, you know, um, or this was what drove people to fight was the unjust overreach of the parliament, um, that, that, that we're something else is going to emerge here. The, the danger. But, but now it's like the sexy narrative. I think of that sort of like, like you were saying, which is a very liberal notion itself that like ideas change the world. Like the right. idea of America, <laughs> you know, no, no, the totally. idea of America no. as a secular nation that is divorced from the old world, that specifically rebelled against monarchical authority. That's a very yeah. sexy narrative for, yeah. Yeah, yeah and it's, and it's total bullshit. It's not, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. It's like, it's like uh, enchanted, uh, you know, generations now of Americans. Um, but, but um, the other thing that I wanted to point out uh, is just that, you know, the, 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 the triumph of, of, contemporary American, you know, re mythological rewrite also um, uh, uh, treats the Southern experience, which we 
briefly touched on, but like the su- and very badly. And and the Southern experience, um, and and, and Southern America, uh, I think it's Weaver who says this uh, is like the last gasps of the classical world, right? Like the classical mm-hmm. world of refuge mm-hmm. in the American South and reestablishes like classical society. And you have this in American architecture, right? You have these, these, these themes, you know, in our built landscape of like this resurgence of the classical periods. Um, and, mm-hmm. and you have this very Aristotle type social order, right? You have very rigid class structure. You have um, a very agrarian manorial kind of uh, a build to the, to the society. And this was again, to William's point, like, destroyed by the northern industrialists you know and then buried and and you know so i I, you know i don't want to get too too far into it but there's that's america's heritage too is that story even though it's been buried and obscured and there's been a triumph of of over you know that that to understand the american story uh correctly is one to encompass even the aspects of its history which have been rewritten or or destroyed or obscured um yeah so and then yeah. one more, just 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 to answer, like, how do I feel about a Catholic like this? Like us, us Catholics, like we had our heyday, and and uh, uh, and and the cathedral still stand. Yet they tell us it was like a dark age, you know. So like, yeah, uh, yeah. We, we've been living in, in the. Everyone else has been living in the ruins, and, and it's their cash cow, their tourist industry cash cow. Still, they yeah, they yeah. owe it to the. <laughs> no, we need we need to reclaim all that money for Rome. Yeah, yeah, they're living in the ruins of Catholic <laughs> social order. Like all of Western civilization is living in the ruins of Catholic social order, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, it's all, it's all, it's all still there, you know. And again, just in the same way that the royalist understanding of the American Revolution or the classical understanding of the American South is obscured, that 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 type of idea that like we're living really the cultural um, uh, residual of Catholic social order is still what's holding society together. Yeah. And like, for instance, uh, think about the law, you know, um, uh, the uh, like the, what kind of what, what kind of religion was English was England practicing when, uh, when the Magna Carta was was signed, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. And so like British common law, English common law, the, the, the foundation of the American what is now the American legal tradition. Uh, this is a this is a. Uh, you know, a, a custom, a, tra- a tradition of, of customs and, and laws and, and uh, you know, way of life, basically, a uh, societal order that originates, um, r- originates in it for its first, you know, three, uh, well, m- multiple centuries in, in, you know, in a, a Catholic cytoplasm. Uh, and so, you know, um, <laughs> the, 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 the uh, like, you just can't separate, you know, uh, as long as America is a Western country, which it obviously always will be, barring uh, you know the cleansing the cleansing fire of nuclear Armageddon, um, or or uh, the total Brazilification, but that probably won't. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, it'll just it'll still be a Western country. That would just mean that the West is as you know. Uh, <laughs> Brazil is actually looking more bit like. Well, my story, people know my, my I'm ethnically Italian. But um, my family, my mother's side, my maternal side, since World War One, most of them have been living in Brazil as the, uh, you know, the Catholic, um, Catholic Italian uh, expats to Brazil. And my mother was born and raised in Sao Paulo. And the way things are in Brazil, I mean, they probably have more of, I think, a national unity even a lot of like huge chunks mm-hmm. of America now. So the whole Brazilification thing is South America in general, the, the patriotism is uh, extremely strong. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. quite interesting. I got a big side of my Italian family in Argentina. 
So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I think I have some relatives in Argentina too. There's I many, there are many Anglos in Argentina too, Michael. Uh, you know, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's quite funny. You know, you go, uh, you can go to Patagonia and, uh, and there are <laughs> Welshmen, Welshmen and Scotsmen who, uh, who still speak of this very kind of like, uh, you know, 19th century style English, uh, oh, yeah. with, with, with the accompanying accents, uh, you know, cause they've just lived in complete isolation. Um, so we need to preserve uh, it. We need to sheet. implement a total global Hakanian um, containment policy, in my opinion. I like it. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, but what's what's interesting though is that the recognition of America as a modernist force and that the, the South had to be crushed by the industrialists, and it's not the uh, well the other narrative that people are accepting now i know that the pope at the time during the american civil war had some very uh, problematic opinions on um what was going on here here in north america but that being said i, I think uh, i want to get back to the the land thing but i think w what's a good question is uh how do you feel about when it comes to, I, I, you know i think all three of us we share a similar story like i myself you know when i was younger dabbled in the uh, new age movement as well um but how do you feel about the claim that, you know, Catholics, a lot of trad cats online that you're just LARPing and that this is all just a LARP and the fed cats. And I think that, you know, to give some context, there was, I think a faction of Catholics within the Republican party, um, within the sort of post Southern strategy, there was, you know, Papi Cannon, there was the paleocons, but then of course, a lot of, you know, during the, in the late 70s, 80s, and right up until the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, the paleocons were bodied. Um, the, like, snobbish Atlantic uh, state, you know, uh, coal baron, oil baron, William F. Buckley types, they uh, basically set out to destroy a lot of the Catholic uh, paleocons. And I think that nowadays we're seeing this sort of revival of Catholic paleoconservatism in America, mm -hmm. But what do you two feel about the charge that you two are like all of us were just LARPing and that it's not a real thing and that actually um, it would pollute the founding stock of America. And like, you know, you have people like Adrian Vermeule and all that stuff. And of course, you have the Zoomer cats who use Catholicism as a political bludgeon. Like, what do you what do you feel about the sort of the state of Catholicism and conservative or right wing politics in America currently, uh, especially in the online, because you two are actually doing something. You're actually, you know, putting your money's where your mouth is, right? Like mm -hmm. you are homesteading and you have families and so forth. And uh, but but what do you feel about like sort of people that take inspiration from you two, and 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 truly feel that there has to be that, that there is a spiritual void that must be filled, but yet it's like well, there's LARPing and there's like this fixation around sexuality and, and uh, sexual anxiety, and, you know, a typical charge against trad cats. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, well, let me just say about, uh, about the Vermula thing, which I guess is you're alluding to his, the sort of immigration question. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. The, you know, I, I asked, uh, I, I, uh, after, after my chat with, uh, with BAP, I went to, went to my, went to mass uh, this Sunday and asked a couple folks uh, who I, who are like, you know, serious trad casts like IRL, like, you know, boomer fed posting, you know, not, not online, but fed posting verbally, 
uh, in, in real life trad path type people. What do you think of Adrian Vermula? And none of them had ever heard of him. Yeah, who? Right, that's the... <laughs> like this. This and and none of them are. All of them are. You know, they when they pray the rosary, uh, they pray for Trump uh, as part of like you know <laughs> after, uh, after the rosary. You know, like. Uh, and you know, there, there's like in in the uh, in the old missiles, you know, there prayers for uh, like our leaders and stuff. But uh, you know, so like they're they're not. Um, I just I just don't. Other than online, and you were asking Gio, like particularly about online, like other than online, I don't think that this uh, overlap or this like you know <laughs> conflation of traditional Catholicism <laughs> with like open borders exists. It's it's an insane. Um, uh, you know, crazy uh, conflation that you know Vermula and his gang have concocted, and it it uh, you know it has nothing to do with um, with it, it's just such an obvious like it's just obvious like neoliberal infiltration of the church. You know, of course, uh, yeah. the, the reason that I mean, the, it, it, assuming that they're not totally cynical, um, the, the 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 excuse that they give is that. Um, uh, you know, they, they have like the Pope has, has made sort of like uh, statements um, uh, insinuating that open borders are, or, or, you know, um, what do they say? Like a sheltering, sheltering the, the, uh, the refugee, this sort of thing is. Uh, Which is let's like be a honest, a lot of churches in certain places of California, they do. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. no, they do. They do. And, and um, you know, I think, I think there's a difference between uh, helping your fellow man in need in your day-to-day -day life and, you know, advocating policies that, uh, that you know uh, would would you know are actually that that um, hurt more people than they help, and that are are you know um, not only hurt people but hurt uh, the societal structure, and so you know and hurt I, the I, land as well. Like, and the land too, yeah. Ways, yeah, definitely, yeah. So um, so you know, I think I think it's just uh, what I was getting at is just that it's 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 obvious that um, it's obvious that uh, you know there, there, there's just uh, a sort of uh, mind virus. The, this the same neoliberal mind virus that has infected so many institutions. The church is not exempt. The church has been uh, infected by many mind viruses over the centuries, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, it's going through one such period now. And uh, the the good news is, uh, you know, it's an untenable ideology. And so, uh, as we're seeing now, the only the the, the uh, Young priests are only interested in becoming traditional priests. Uh, young yes. people are only interested in uh, participating in traditional Catholicism. You know, it's just uh, this, this sort of like uh, attempt to reconcile um, Catholicism and modernity, Catholicism and, and like neoliberal boomer um, worldview, hippie worldview is just, it's just not, it doesn't make sense, you know, like, uh, and that's uh, in the long run how God wins is that the, the universe has order. Um, it can, you can make reliable <laughs> observations about it. Um, and you know, like the laws of physics exist. You don't even need, um, that this is, this is like the, this is like the, the first, um, uh, you know, that you can rely on, on this as, as you know, the, the, uh, the long-term instrument of justice, uh, you know, these, these thing, things that don't make sense, will not last uh, right. forever. Uh, they may last a long time. Well, well some of the infiltrators of the, some of the infiltrators of the church, uh, they have actual viruses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would argue that the, 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 the entirety of the world is, revolves around, right? The, the, the Catholic sacrament of the Eucharist and that, and that the church's error is infecting the world rather than the other way around. Um, yeah. Well, that mm -hmm. it's funny because the same mechanisms I was, um, my good friend, uh, Jeffrey Schollenberger, he's doing this course with, uh, 
Justin Murphy about Rene Girard. And, and Girard explicitly says exactly what you said, that the sort of notion of the the sort of externalization of the inner sacrifice of the church towards the world and the state of the church as well nowadays. Like, not only did it create high civilization, but now we're experiencing the sort of pains of a um, decline that is in tandem with the decline of the church. But, yeah. and, but Michael, I wanted to ask you, because you are like a family man and you are um, a homesteader, what do you feel about the charges of LARPing? And what do you feel about the younger Catholics, the Zoomer Caths, that may or may not be entering Catholicism for more than, you know, pure reasons of like, you know, stuff that you and Will were talking about of sort of this deep compulsion that you both experienced I mean, in coming. Yeah. The, go my, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. My answer to that is that, um, you know, I, I, so a couple, couple folds on that one, one, one fold is that any broad based like movement, right? So we're seeing this movement back to Catholicism and a movement back to traditional Catholicism. And it's yes. going to, it's going to entertain a, a wide range of characters, right? If you look at any movement, right, you have like Spurgy Wignats and like, you know, yeah. right, right, except you have like the, you know, um, the, 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 the uh, all right scenes got the, what's, what's the little golem looking guy that got, that nobody likes anymore. Um, the, the, the hairdo, America, the America first kid. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Who knew yes. um, <laughs> I guess he, one of his kids walked in me. I know that was me. That was me. Sorry. Oh, um, no problem. Not my bad. Um, but um, but there's a uh, you know so any movement is gonna uh, attract like a fringe that is like getting a handle on it, you know, and it's just kind of like a mess, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So so you can't have any broad movement without having like some element of it being a mess. Um, so it's like you know, to, to, to enact that any type of like large social movement is going to have like uniformed purity is just, and, and like, is going to be righteous and all elements and manifest is that's, that's like an, un, it's untenable. It's not going to happen, you know? So you, you're going to have people who are a little off. Um, yeah. And, well, and like you were saying, like when you were talking about how by cultivating the land, you cultivated yourself, you're reading while right. doing work, you know, engaging in the community and family life. The family life is an extension of the community. I mean, hopefully the Zoomer cats can be, you know, eventually can awaken into forming these semi-rural or rural communities that yeah. we all dream of. Right. And, yeah. and I think it's important to nurture the impulse in those people. So, and then yeah, I also think it's important to, to like reach across uh, across all these various aisles of the emerging reactionary politic in in the American experience, which has got a lot of different, you, you've identified a bunch of them, Gio. You know, I would identify yeah. like the compact magazine and like, yeah. you know, yeah. like you, you can keep going. Like there's, it's it's everywhere, right? Um, the po all the post left stuff, the, the the breakdown of the gender conversation. Yeah, like, I'm know. good friends with a lot of them actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Nina so, Power and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so so it's you know even the tablet magazine interviewed me recently, and there's just that you know the anti movement is just like breaking down. Um, you know, well, I'm gonna have to censor that for you to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh right, right, right. No I'm problem. Sorry. No problem. Um, sorry, but but there's like um, there's undeniable elements that are confronting like the institutionalized uh, uh, liberalism and 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 uh, you know you know modernity and it's like really really wide um, because you know we're just as you were saying earlier, Joe. I think these are the only people saying anything 
transgressive and and funny i mean um yeah like that's that's what it comes down to um but i wanted to did, say, did you see the cap of uh the cafe on cap that zhp released again yeah that yeah. was I love that, that was that. hilarious yeah. <laughs> look at you you can't you have to externalize your thoughts yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that was an incredible it just like amazing lucid moment um chirp right there uh yeah you literally uh you literally proved exactly what i was saying um but uh no, what I wanted to say about like you know this whole this whole uh, conflict that erupted a couple weeks ago with uh, um, certain certain cowboy and uh, BAP and you know the um, what was it? There was a Calvin. Oh Klein yeah, the Cal- yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just it- like uh, you know that show you like Yellowstone, you like that. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. great, man. I love yeah, uh, like yeah. yeah. So, but but you know, I think I, I just get frustrated because I as I was and I was talking about this with BAP and BAP was saying. You know, there's no conflict between someone like me and someone like you, and I fully agree with that. But for you know, for instance, on the question of like sexual, how, how, how like a man's relationship to his like sexual impulses, let's say, um, you know, like I think we would all agree that, uh, or in my opinion, when we talk, when Catholics talk about the virtue of like chastity, this yeah. isn't this isn't, um, and part of this has to do with the feminization of the church, um, but this isn't about like you know virginity for at least not for men. Um, it's not about like virginity or purity. This is just about uh, not being a slave to your passions, okay? And I think that vital- Nietzsche and vitalists uh, are, you know, don't disagree. You know, I'm not, I am not uh, an expert on that uh, field of thought. Right, but from the right. ones that I know, I don't think that they would disagree with the the idea that, like, you know, um, if you have a, uh, a you know, if a uh, like a sexual uh, impulse crosses your crosses your mind, whether that's, uh, you know to like, uh, you know, in, in, in online or in real life, let's say, um, that you should just like allow that to, to colonize and, and possess you. Um, I think that's, that's all, you know, just, and, and that, that goes for a lot of virtue. I think a lot of virtue can, you know, it's reduction, it's reductionary to say this, but it, you know, it's a good, a good starting point in understanding what virtue means in the first place. If you're too, you know, manliness, um, right that it's just it begins with self-control and particularly the virtue of of chastity that's all that is being asked of you by by uh christ you know by god uh, is is just that you not not allow your you know god gave us god gave us and catholic this is a very catholic notion obviously catholics are are no are are not shy about sexuality and you know we yeah that's what i mean we have a very we have a way more complex like especially being italian like we're always got this like yeah you're when it's like guilt <laughs> but on the other end yeah we're uncontrollable exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and so yeah. and so i think i think you know um very mediterranean not, complex yeah. right it's not it's not about you know repression or um or, uh, or like, you know, yeah, uh, some sort of puritanical impulse. It's more, it's about just God gave us, uh, sexuality and the, and the pleasures of the world and all of this, these, these were present before the fall and they were, they're gifts of God that were ordered to, towards certain purposes. And, um, all, all that, uh, what, what Christ is, is asking us to do, uh, is, is simply to, um, behave, behave in accordance with that order rather than, um, uh, you know, in, in discord with it, which is what, you know, lust and, and unchaste behavior would be. It's not about, again, uh, and, and, and again, I think it's different for men and women. Um, and that's just the biological reality. But uh, a lot of a lot of the problem, I think another litmus test, another kind of uh, Rorschach test is, um, you know, 
not just uh, or I was gonna, what I was going to say about Jordan Peterson is just that people feel like life is meaningless, and uh, mm. that's kind of like one common point. It's like everybody feels like life is meaningless, and like the people on our side are like, okay, we got to do something about this. And the people on the left are like, like actually, it's kind of awesome, you know, like you know, the, we have the Netflix. Life, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is great. Um, and you know, another Roy, that's one Rorschach test. Like, do you like do you want to do something about this? Are you satisfied with modern life? And another 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 one is um. Do you believe that there is an active hot war against masculinity going on in society right now? Mm -hmm. And uh, the obvious answer to that for me is yes. And I think basically everyone on our side, tradcasts and Nietzscheans alike, and many other uh, of the various from, weird, from, well, apart from weird like weird like hyperborean feminist Kaliak people like the, yeah like even <laughs> like Wignats, like Trad Caths, Trad Orthos, Nietzscheans like everyone agrees yeah masculinity is like the number one well not the only number one target but like one it, of the it doesn't it's not about whether it's number one it's just about is there a war on masculinity and the yeah. answer is obviously yes <laughs> and if you're yeah. gonna if you're gonna go and deny that uh you're not on our side <laughs> like that's how I see it. Like you know, it's just that's that's you can divide the world into those two camps right now. Right. This this will this will hook back. I think to a topic that you wanted to talk to, but related to what you know Will's talking about right now, which is um, you know part of what uh, being a Catholic is right is wrestling with natural order. Um, yes. Yes. And, and that natural order, um, whether it's the flow of grace or the flow of uh, the, the natural world, right? This particular like vital energy is moving. And so back to chastity and stuff like that, there's this great uh, deacon who's been writing a little bit about eros in worship, like in, in the religious experience um, mm. and that type of love. Um, but it's, a, it's about negotiating, um, you know, those vital energies, you know, uh, uh, within yourself. And as, as Will saying, steering them towards uh, God, right back, back to what we were talking about before um, the uh, all of creation singing to the glory of God, right? So if I can successfully order my vital energies towards Him, you know, towards God, um, and 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 that and that great order, mm -hmm. then I then my whole being kind of hums in this harmony. That's very, very. If I'm a man, that's very, very masculine, right? And yeah, and so. If it's disordered and it's all chopped up, and I, you know, seek its uh, uh, fulfillment and all the various places in the world, I'm thinking of like Augustine walking around, you know, the woods, or you know, going to all these different people and places to kind of like satisfy this desire to know God, um, right? And that's like really, so your vital energy, you know, you're just whatever you're e-girling it up or whatever you're doing, right? You're just like totally not. Um, you're not channeling that into an order that will that 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 brings fruit. You're like yes. You're like pouring yourself out into the world, and and the world is like forsaking you. Um, and in that, it, you're like you're not connecting with life. And and so back to that Annie Natalis type of discussion that you were looking to have is that mm -hmm. you know all of that um, that 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 you know hyper pursuit of pleasure um, over a pursuit of virtue and divine eras and like yes, of, yes. You know, like living within the flow of the vital energy that orders the universe um you know that that's what life is you know that's where life comes from right when 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 you um uh, codify it you know when, when you when you work it into a marriage and a relationship with a woman you know babies pour out of it you know yeah um, 
that's that this is the way it works, you know? Um, and so, um, you know, babies don't pour out of you just like satisfying yourself wherever and whenever, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so, so this is, uh, you know, this would be my, this is where I would connect with like, you know, I think, again, I'm, I'm with you guys, right? The Nietzschean vitalists or, you know, the, the, all the other like kind of rather esoteric um, things that float around on the internet. I think they can, we can have this conversation about like, you know, natural order and vital energy and really connect it with, with, with what Catholicism has to offer people. Which right, is, right. Is and, and I think in all fairness, there is like, a, I think a fundamental, we have to reconcile the fact that there is a disagreement between the sort of like, Bapian vitalist pirate lifestyle and being a family man. I mean, that's just one hundred percent. You know, it's like, and and I might, I might like, you know, again, I'm not. This isn't like to side up anything, but um, you know, I, I think as a Catholic, I can understand the glory or happiness of a death on the battlefield. You know, right, right, but, right. But you know, to 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 that th that's like momentary. Where the glory of like, you know, as Catholics, right, we pray for a happy death, right, and so like, I. I I, I see that happy death more surrounded by like a giant family on a mm -hmm. piece of, on a, knowing that I'm passing on a heritage to my children, um, knowing, knowing that I'm passing on land mm -hmm. and, and knowing that I'm passing on values and structures and, and a type of base and true understanding of the world that will carry not only them, but their generation. Thank you everyone for listening to the content minded podcast. If you wish to support me, and to unlock every full and uncensored version of each week's podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Productions. You will not only get every full and uncensored version of Content Minded, but you will also get exclusive content, such as my Giner Reviews series, where I analyze and pick apart various interesting and insightful books or essays. Every episode will be uploaded to Anchor, which will upload them to Spotify, as well as my backup channel on Odyssey. Please look out for new content every single week, and please look out for The Digital Archipelago with me and The Prudentialist. Thank you once again to all of my beautiful patrons. Thank you all for keeping the content renaissance alive. As I always say, God bless and goodbye.